Hey friends, welcome to Simple On Purpose. I am your host, Shauna, your nerdy girlfriend and life coach from simpleonpurpose.ca. If you're new here, welcome. What is Simple On Purpose all about? Well, it's about simplifying your home, your heart, your life, and everything I talk about is gonna touch on one of those three points. I have a really big desire to help moms show up on purpose, show up for your life, actually enjoy it actually create the life that you crave. That is 100% possible, and I say that because I have gone from living on autopilot, full of clutter, full of overwhelm, anxiety, like marriage, health, everything was suffering, and when I decided I'm gonna be in control, I'm responsible, I don't wanna live on autopilot, I don't want life to just keep happening at me, I want to take the responsibility and privilege of being in control of my life, that's when everything changed. And I don't mean I changed everything overnight. I mean, I changed it slowly, step by step. It wasn't always easy. Some of it was really painful, but I believe more than anything, the simple things matter the most. The little things you do every day, the little things you keep showing up to do, they matter. They really matter the most. To me, my life has been transformed by doing small, meaningful things over and over and more and more. So I don't want you to feel like making life change has to be this huge leap. You can just start small and start where you are. This month we're doing July on purpose. It's a free challenge where we're focusing on four areas of your life. And each week we are working on a way to kind of simplify and clear space and get really purposeful in this area of our life. This week, in the first week of July, when I'm recording this, we're doing something around the home, something to freshen up our space. And I've been thinking about a few things that I might be doing around my home. One of them is painting my bathroom. And I picked out this really great pink color that we used in my daughter's room. And I think I'm just gonna take the plunge. I have this creepy, tiny, dark ensuite that I know we're gonna renovate in the next couple years, but that's still a long time to hang out and hate my bathroom. So I'm probably going to be painting my bathroom or cleaning out my bedroom dresser, which is just the landing zone for all the random crap in the house. And it's just this space that could be beautiful and clear and I could enjoy my bedroom so much more if I kept that space clear and put the things on it that I love seeing. So I'm gonna do one of those two things. If you're part of the challenge, then make sure you're hopping into the Facebook community group and telling us what you are working on. And hey, if you are part of the Simple On Purpose podcast community, come into the Facebook group. It is just a place to ask questions and get support, share your wins. I put a lot of questions in there every week to get some discussion. And I just love hearing all of the ideas from all of the women. This challenge itself was inspired by that Facebook group and the ideas that they suggested. So if you wanna be part of July on Purpose, stop by the show notes and sign up, but definitely stop by our Facebook group and join it if Facebook is your thing. Today, we're gonna talk about how to get your kids to play with their toys. About a week ago, Our whole family gathered around my computer in my office and we looked at old photos and videos from years ago when the kids were just small and little. Now they're nine, eight, and six. And so they're, you know, they've gotten some years on them and we're looking through all these old photos and videos. And this picture comes up of Levi and Linnea in one of their bedrooms. And Levi was probably two and Linnea was probably one. And they're standing in a sea of toys and baby powder all over the floor. I don't know if you've heard the story before, but this story prompted a toy revolution in our home. So 
what the kids did is they started dumping baby powder out all over the room and realized it was this really fun, cool thing that they could do. And I caught, walked in on them, we cleaned it up, and then they did it again. <laughs> A second time in one day. And I picked them up and put them in the tub. I think I had an out-of-body experience and I put all of their toys into garbage bags everything went into a garbage bag and I vacuumed and I was just like out of my body like what is happening so I've got bags of their toys in the basement and they've got like random ones around the house that are still upstairs but I had probably two or three bags in the basement of toys and I just didn't tell them where the toys went they didn't ask I just kept them in the basement they didn't ever go down there because our basement was so so cluttered at the time and they never asked for their toys back. They didn't even notice they were gone. They just continued on playing with what was ever around. And I was like, our kids have too many toys. What? They're not even sad. They don't even notice. This prompted me to declutter their toys because I, at the time, I bought all the toys. I thought they needed one of everything and one in English and one in French and one for her and one for him. We had a lot of toys. So we decluttered the toys. And there are so many studies that talk about the benefits of less toys for your kids. The big one for us is there's less mess to clean. A big one for them is there's less overwhelm. And studies have shown that when you remove toys from children's environment, they become more creative with what's around and more social. They actually, we think they're going to be super sad and not play with anything, but they still find things to play with. Like... The most random things. You've all seen your kids play with cardboard boxes and wooden spoons and jars of like soup from the pantry. The other benefit of having less toys is that they actually play with the fewer toys that are around because there's less overwhelm. There's less they have to think about and sift through. They're just, it's simple if it's laid out. You know how you go into like a preschool class and there's, um, table set up with just a few toys on top and the kids gravitate to that they kind of go sit down and they start playing with what it is whatever there because it's like nicely laid out and it's kind of simple but if you put them into a sea of toys like they're just all over the floor they're going to pick up things at random but they're not really going to engage well and engage fully the other benefit of having less toys is that kids will climatized to having less toys and they won't think it's as necessary. They won't think it's weird to not have a sea of toys around them. But I love toys. I think toys have a value, have a purpose. I can think of toys I love to play with as a kid and I know my kids really enjoy their toys. And so they do have a purpose. The downside in being parents, especially as your kids get older, is that we're not always in charge of what toys are coming in. We want to be purposeful And especially when they're toddlers, we can be about what toys are coming in. We want them to be engaging and not, you know, just like pieces of junk or just a whole bunch of buttons and lights, but we're a little bit more purposeful about the toys we buy for our kids. But then they have birthdays and they get allowance and they're buying their own toys. So our kids probably have a bit more than what we would naturally provide for them in terms of toys. But we still want to feel like we're managing these toys well. And when we manage our toys well, then we can know what's around so we don't buy extras. We feel like we're not overrun by toys because when we're overrun by toys, us as parents, we start getting this mental narrative that we need to figure out how to store it. We need to figure out how to get them to clean it. We need to figure out all these things. We're doing it wrong. But really, there's just too many toys. 
And another benefit of managing toys well is that we are able to let go of things more often that they've grown out of that they're just not using anymore. The way that we manage toys in our house, I get asked this often, is they have toys that are their own and these are like birthday presents or toys they bought themselves and those are in their room. They are in charge of those toys. They are expected to tidy their rooms once a week and they are expected to declutter that stuff on their own. We always say, if you feel like you're done with a toy, you want to pass it on, just put it out in the hallway or put it in this bag. And they do, they have learned to do this on their own. If you want some information on decluttering kids' toys, stop by the show notes. There is a free mini guide that you can get emailed right to you all about the conversations we have and how we declutter with our kids. The second set of toys that we have are toys that they share and these are kind of communal toys like maybe they're christmas presents a lot of them are toys that were bought when they were younger and they just all share them like puzzles and games and train sets and legos and this kind of thing these toys are usually kept in the playroom downstairs or in our storage closet and these ones are the toys that we often declutter. Me and Connor declutter these toys for the kids, and we don't even tell them we do that. I'll link to a post about that as well if you're interested in decluttering without your kids. So when it comes to toys, you've all seen it when your kid is like totally engaged, they love this toy, or maybe they saved up money for it and they bought it, and then time goes by and they just lose interest, or you find it like in a sandbox, or you find it somewhere like in the pantry and it's just, it's not special to them anymore. There's a lot of reasons that our kids lose interest in toys. The first one is that there's just too much. That can be a really common problem, that there's too many options. It feels overwhelming. It feels overwhelming to pick, to know what to do, to know what to play with. Another reason is that these things that come in like sets, they just get separated over time. Like the car that has another piece that plugs into it and then you shoot the car and all that. Maybe half of it is under the couch. Maybe it's gone missing. Who knows where it went? So that's another reason kids don't play with their toys. Another reason is that it doesn't challenge them or engage them. It might be that they're not, it's not really an age appropriate toy anymore. It's too young for them. Likewise, it could be something that they haven't grown into yet. They haven't quite learned the skills or the appreciation of it yet. Another reason is they want someone to play with them. (laughs) Some toys are just more fun with someone else, but maybe they have friends or siblings that really aren't interested in playing with that toy or that game. A fifth reason is that the kids aren't sure how to play with it. You know, when you take your kid to like a kids group or strong start and they see a kid playing with that cash register and all the buttons and they're like, oh, I get it now. And the kid leaves that toy and your own kid goes up and starts pressing all the buttons and figuring it out. Sometimes they just need it modeled to them. And the sixth reason, and I think this is one we all relate to, is that they forget about them. For one, they could be packed up but most often they're just lying on the floor. And we all do this in our environment where everything just becomes part of the scenery. We stop noticing the things around us. You know how a kid's friend comes over and they pick up a toy in your kid's room and they start playing with it. And you're like, I haven't seen anyone play with that toy in a really long time. And suddenly it feels new again. Like they just become kind of apathetic. They just kind of forget it's there. So I want to talk to you about seven strategies we use to get your kids to play with the toys. 
The first one, and we do this most often when we declutter, is we sort everything by type. When you sort things by type, it feels abundant. Like, how do you feel when you go to the candy store and you see bins of like saltwater taffy and bins of jelly beans and bins of chocolate? Now take a handful of each and just throw them in a random bowl. It's not as exciting. It's not as visually appealing for some reason. So we will sort things like we'll get all the boats together or all the horses together or all the dolls and dolls clothes together. That's the first thing we do. The second thing is a toy rotation. And this is packing all the toys up and bringing some out to play with for a little bit of time and then packing those up and bringing out another set. For us, we keep things in a closet downstairs. We will bring them out. And when we're done, we pack them up and put them back again. Another way you can do a toy rotation is a thrift store toy rotation. You know, if you go to the thrift store, sometimes you can buy like a plastic bag for $2 full of toys and your kids think it's the best thing ever. And you can be like, sure, we'll take toys to the thrift store and we'll come home with toys. And then next time we'll take toys to the thrift store and we'll come home. It's kind of like geocaching. Geocaching where you download the app and it takes you to the spot in the forest that you walk to with everyone in the rain and your shoes are full of water, but they're excited. And you get to the spot and there's this little box in the forest and you open it up and there's this bag of toys and you leave a toy and you take a toy. And when we were first gonna go out, I asked my bestie Sophie, like, what do you bring? And she's like, you just bring stuff from home. And I'm like, so this is pretty much a thrift store in the woods. <laughs> is what we're going to find, a little thrift store box in the woods that our kids get to go in for free and rummage through. Cool, I'm in. <laughs> so they picked out their toys, they were super excited, but they also got rid of toys that day, which I was super excited about. Another way you can do a toy rotation is to do it with friends. And this can be like, hey, I'm gonna bag up some a basket of toys and I wanna bring them to you and you bring them to me. Of course you wanna set your kid up for success with that, that they know that like once it's out of our house, like you, we really don't know what's gonna happen to it. So let's be comfortable with the toys that we're rotating with people. Hey mama, have you ever thought about working with a life coach? And I get it, a life coach can seem weird. Like who has a life coach, who needs one? I think everyone needs one. You can use one when you feel stuck at a spot in your life. You can use one when you have big changes coming up and you can use one just to help you show up better in your everyday life. Because a life coach is someone who helps you get unstuck right where you are without changing your entire life. They can help you show up with more peace, presence and purpose right where you are. A life coach is also someone who helps you stay motivated, reach those big goals that you have, and show up for yourself in new ways. I have been life coaching women all over the world on so many issues, from friendships, to motherhood, to marriage, to their life's purpose, to their work, to decluttering their home. We've touched on it all. And I want to let you know if you want support on any topics like these, I will walk you through that. I will guide you through that. I will be here for you, helping you spot your limiting beliefs, help you get motivated to make changes, and help you to enjoy your actual life without feeling like you have to change everything. So if you've been listening to the podcast, the blog, or getting the Simple Saturdays email, I want to let you know that what you get here is just a little portion of what I offer in life coaching. So if you think life coaching is for you, totally up to you. But if you think this is something for you, you think I might be the coach for you, then I want to let you know that I am opening up one-on-one -on -one coaching spots come in the fall, come September, so get them booked now. And if you are really interested in life coaching and you want to get started now, and maybe you want to do it in a really simple, laid-back way, check out the group coaching program, the Life on Purpose Academy. 
you can go to the lifeonpurposeacademy.ca. We teach monthly topics and have weekly coaching calls. You can always get written coaching support. It's like having a life coach in your back pocket who's helping you show up for your actual life with more peace, purpose, and presence. That is my goal in everything I do with coaching, helping moms show up for their actual lives with more peace, purpose, and presence. So stop by lifeonpurposeacademy.ca if you're interested in that. Come for a month and see what it's like. I'd love to support you there. All right, back to it. One thing I started when isolation first started in March was I know my kids have like bins of toys in their room that they were excited to have at one point and now they're just harassing me (laughs) instead of going and playing with these cool things they own. So I started Toy Tuesday and I gave it a big pitch. Toy Tuesday is where you go and you find a toy you haven't played with in a long time and you bring it up and show me and tell me all about it. And what ended up happening was they were bringing up toys and then they spent the next couple hours playing with them and it felt like they had a brand new toy for themselves so toy tuesday give it a try another thing is special toys for special times and when i was nursing my daughter linnea and my oldest son he was like they were born 16 months apart so he needed something to kind of keep him distracted and yeah i would put goldfish out on a bench and turn on tv for him and that was great but also having like a nursing basket of toys that he gets to play well I'm nursing. That is just a really great way to get them engaged. Like this is special time, special toys. Now that they're older, we do it like camping toys. You have camping toys and crafts and books. They live in the trailer. You use them when you're camping or we have outside toys or basement toys. Mostly if something's noisy or annoying, they are an outside or a basement toy. Another way to keep your kids playing and engaged with toys is to buy things they love the most. I know when I started buying my kids toys and their babies and toddlers, I felt like they needed one of everything. Especially if I had something, I felt like they needed to have something, but really paying attention to what they're interested to each kid uniquely and making sure you're buying kind of the best and letting go of the rest. So in our family, that looks like a lot of craft supplies and a lot of Legos. And now we're transitioning into the Nerf years, so a lot of Nerf stuff. (laughs) A sixth way you can get them to play with toys is to play in a new way. So just like sorting by type, now bring out that box of stuff that you've sorted, like all the boats and put them in the tub, or all the boats and put them in a bucket of water outside. They can build it into a world or take out Lego men, Lego characters out of the Lego sets and they can like put them in Play-Doh bring a whole bunch of like horses out and maybe put them out in the grass and they can set up like, I don't know, you know, but play with things in a new way. And finally, I would say just don't make it a big deal. If your kids aren't playing with a toy, I wouldn't really like ask them a lot about it and pressure them into it. If they're not showing an interest in it, I would let it go encourage them to let it go or add it into a toy rotation so it's not kind of just living in your space and cluttering your space. I do want to say a few things about managing it all because we might have an expectation that our kids can manage their toys and this can be really tricky for them to learn and tricky for them to learn if it hasn't been modeled. Like if we just decide okay we're decluttering toys and you're going to take care of them and put them away but they if it's new to them then we really can't put that expectation on them just yet. We got to give them time to practice and learn it. So a way that we manage toys is having some like cleaning routines in place and this is nothing (laughs) like super type A. This is just us being like it's Almost bedtime, I don't want you guys to leave this living room looking like this, so let's clean it up. 
One thing we do is we keep a plastic bin in the living room and each kid has their own bin. Their toys go in there. And that's like, this is your bin of toys. If I'm walking around, I'll pick it up and I'll put it in their bin. And then they take it downstairs and they put it all away. Another way that we try to manage toys is we're always decluttering. If something is left out and it's broken, I'm just going to pick it up and throw in the garbage. There's so much like dollar store stuff that has come into our house from from them buying it or from loot bags and birthday bags that it just breaks and we just if it's missing pieces it's broken it's just gone (laughs) i don't know where it went that's what i tell them i'm shameless i know another thing we tell them is if they see it in the recycling we're like yeah it's broken it's going to be recycled into a new toy and they've bought it all this time before so let's hope it sticks Overall, I think I just have this pitch that I want to offer you guys about having fewer toys. We can look at all the toys and say like, oh, we need to store it and they need to clean it. But sometimes the problem isn't how we're storing and managing it. It's just that there's plain old too much. When they have less, they play with other things. There's more to play with than just toys, right? There's toilet paper rolls and plastic cups and sticks and the floor is lava and games. And I think that We put a lot of stock in toys being their entertainment, but there's so many ways that kids can entertain themselves. One question I sometimes get is how many toys is too many? And I really don't think there's a number. It's whatever your family feels like. Like you could be a family that used to have rooms filled with toys and you've decluttered it half. And to some that might look like a lot, but to you guys, you're like, we got rid of half our toys. Like great for you. So think about you as a family. What do your kids like? What ways do they like to play? And it doesn't have to be specific to toys, right? There's lots of ways to imagine and engage and create that you can focus on creating environments that are just like focused on how you guys as a family like to play and how you like to show up. Like for us, we're a Lego family. We have a buttload of Lego and we still buy Lego because we all love it. We all play with it. It's so versatile. There's just so much we can do with it. And it's in my kitchen almost all the time. And I'm okay with it. I don't feel like I'm a bad minimalist because I have Legos all over my kitchen. This is our family's priority. We're a Lego family. So I would say keep editing that toy stash. Make sure it reflects the type of play you want to have. And with everything in minimalism, focus on the best and let go of the rest. I hope this has been helpful for you around looking at your kids' toys, looking at how they're managing them and how they're playing with them. Kind of let them off the hook if they are overwhelmed by their own toys and give them some steps and some practical ways that you can support them in being kids who can manage toys and can like focus in and engage on toys, fewer toys. And here's something that I haven't asked you in a while. Would you leave me a rating and review on your podcast player, especially if you're in iTunes? These ratings and reviews, they really, really matter when it comes to people searching for new podcasts to listen to. And it also matters when people find a podcast and they think, do I want to listen to this? They can check out those readings and reviews. And if they're good, they're going to listen to it. So ratings and reviews, they do matter. If you can take one minute now at the end of this episode and leave me a rating and review, I would really appreciate it. I'm going to be going into iTunes to read these later. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. All right. Have a great week, guys.